Well, last week uh, we met Luther and we discussed the key idea of justification by faith alone. Uh, today, the second of these world-changing ideas is grace alone. And the key character from history uh, today is John Calvin. Bonjour. Hello. Bonjour. That really is some beard. You, you think I'm a pirate, but I am John Calvin. You are John Calvin, not a pirate, to be sure. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, so uh, you sound like you're French. Oui, oui. Yes, but I've been working on my Aussie accent for you all, oh, so that you can understand me. Okay. Yes, I am French. I was born in regional France, raised in a Catholic home. I studied law and philosophy and theology, and I'm starting to sound like my friend Luther, so I'll just speak normally. Uh, I'm a good debater, but I'm also fairly shy, and so I'm most at home in the library. And uh, you became... Having trouble with your beard there. <laughs> always, always gives me trouble. Your beard? Yeah. Yep. Uh, instant shave. Mm, yep. uh, when did you become a Christian? So I became a Christian in 1533 at university. I had a spiritual awakening. I came to realise salvation was God's free gift. We are saved by God's grace and we receive that salvation not by works, but by faith in Christ alone. Okay, so it's, it's hard to imagine uh, the, the Reformation change that swept through Europe. So the, as the good news spreads, the world is changing. Is mm, that right? That's right. And so uh, in the 1520s and the 30s, whole cities were splitting away from the Roman church and becoming what was known as evangelical, except for Paris. Uh, they were against reform, especially their king. And so I fled to Geneva. All right, so Geneva, tell us about Geneva, that. yes. I, uh, I thought I'd be there just for one night. It was a troubled city caught between Germany that had reformed and France that was against reform. And so refugees from both sides flooded the place. And it was a daily battle for political control. It was morally corrupt, corruption, gambling, and drunkenness. And you thought it would be a one-night stopover? Yes, but William Farrell uh, found me. He got in my ear and convinced me to stay and do God's work there. Uh, I was frightened. I loved the solitude of scholarship. I had to put my money where my mouth was and join the evangelical cause. And so I resolved to do that from St. Pierre's Cathedral. I became a pastor of the people. It was there, from there I published the Christian Institutes of Religion. Alright, and so the Christian Institutes of Religion is one of the most significant theological works ever produced. And if you want to see or read them, uh, come and see us after. So this is a good 18 years after Luther put the nail in the door. That's right. The, uh, the Roman church of the 16th century was still saying that we could do things to make ourselves acceptable to God. Penance, sacraments, those kind of things. But it's crazy to suggest that there's anything we could do to make the God of the universe owe us anything. Grace 
God's unmerited favour undergirded all of God's actions in Christ. Uh, tell us about the Libertines. Uh, the Libertines, well, well, many groups were vying for power at the time. Uh, one of those groups was the Lib- Libertines. Uh, they twisted the message of grace. Uh, they would say that because we received grace, that now meant that we could do anything we wanted. They saw grace as a license for immorality. If we are saved by grace alone, uh, then why aren't we free to do whatever we like? Well, the answer, of course, is by no means. When you receive Christ, he starts a work by his spirit of sanctification in us. You see, you can never know Christ without loving him and obeying him. Okay, so in this world you live, outside of Geneva, the Roman church are teaching salvation by do, do, do. And inside Geneva, you've got the Libertines and they're saying, well, once saved, do whatever you like. Well, if you've been saved by God's grace, then life should be changed. And the last thing you do is to go back to the sin that you've been saved from. So in 1537, the Libertines actually became so powerful, they took power in Geneva. That's right. Uh, There was rioting in the streets and even gunshots. Uh, They threatened to toss me and my colleagues into the river. I was expelled from Geneva and landed in Strasbourg, where I married and I studied. They were the best years of my life. Okay, so that's a bit sad for Geneva. Uh, Rome began to flex their muscle, wanted to get back into Geneva. Mm. Uh, and Geneva called out for help and asked me to come back. And, and did you go back? Well, I hated the idea. I, I was happy with my books. Uh, but under encouragement from loved friends, I returned. And I preached grace, and eventually the Libertines were driven from Geneva. Uh, so, and now grace gripped the city. Mm. Uh, increasingly people look to Geneva for leadership and they look to you for leadership. Some, uh, uh, you instituted state schooling, you created uh, laws relating to welfare and public health. You did all that in Geneva. It was not only the church that was reformed, but also society was reformed. Mm. Well, increasingly, uh, some saw Geneva as the Protestant Rome and I was the Protestant Pope. This was vexing. And a key aspect of the Reformation is people coming under authority. The authority not of an institution, but of God himself. And his authority is expressed through the word, the Bible. And so the Bible then is the chief authority for the Christian. Uh, Well, thank you, John Calvin. It's great to have you here. Uh, In the tradition of the Reformers... Uh, later on in the service, we're going to open up the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. We're going to hear again about the wondrous message of God's grace to us. But uh, as, as Calvin adjusts oh, his beard, give him a special thanks. Thanks for being here.